Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. I just want y'all to know, if you're, if you're new here, we just, we have fun, you know? Have fun. Let's keep having fun here. Uh, I don't know if anybody has kids in the s- snow for how many weeks that we were... I was unable, like 10 cars, no lie, 10 cars piled around my house because I live like in this valley and all these cars were sliding down these hills. They were just piled up around my house so we couldn't leave. And like I noticed something that happened. Like my boys got more and more aggressive as they were like locked in this house. And JP got this crazy look in his eye and he kind of started scaring me a little bit, you know, I'm like trying to stop him from breaking everything in our home and people's face. Like, he wanted to pull Emery's front tooth out so bad because it got loose. And so like we were about to have war and my youngest son like learned how to pout. And so when he didn't get his way, he would, he would scream and fake cry. Anybody just love a fake cry? I'm a dad that doesn't like a fake cry. Like don't play games with me. And like, you want to fake cry? Fake all day in your room with the door shut. Like I don't care, but you're not, I'm not buying it. And uh, that was literally like what I've, quickly learn, y'all, I quickly learned this. Without a plan, my kids went into like everything that they desired and more, and then like dreaming up crazy stuff that would happen. And I really started thinking a lot about it. And I'm like, Lord, would you just give us your plan for 2024? Like, would you give us your plan? Because like dad's plan is way better than mine. And I'm just asking the Lord to give us his plan for 2024. And one of the things that I believe he spoke to me uh, in Africa and then I heard it here in America and then I'm hearing it when we're meeting with our prayer team. Like I continue to hear, this is the year of the open door. And it's so bizarre, but I'm in Africa like a few weeks or months ago and everything they said, they were like, this is the year of the open door. This is the year of the open door. And I come back to America and I start hearing like this same common theme. And I'm like, Lord, I don't fully know what that means for us, but I'm receiving it by faith that like this is the year of an open door. And I think he's gonna show us more and more what that means. But part of what I believe that that means is that there is an open door and you can enter as you will. Many will enter, many never do. All are invited to enter the wide open door. Christ actually called himself the door. I believe it has so many meanings, but every single one of us is invited to enter the holiest of holy places into the presence of the living God. And I'll say many will enter and everyone is called, come. Come, and the bid is still now. Come, come. So uh, next week, I want to lay a little bit more foundation of what vision looks like in 2024. I want to talk a little bit about what it means to be a part of this faith community and make a little bit of that plain and then maybe some next steps for us moving forward. What does that look like? Do you want to be a part of that? Anybody have a, an extension to the vision? Like you want to go after more? Like, let's go. And we're going to see kingdom advance. Before I step into that, uh, also next week's going to happen. We're going to, I want to present budget. Some of y'all love budget. We're going to tell you about budget. Some of y'all love uh, building stuff. We've got to move in August. We're going to look for a new place. And like, we're saying, Lord, what do you have for us? We're going to talk about that a little bit next week. So don't miss that. Um, But but before we keep going, uh, we're stopping our 21 days. Today kind of ends that fast. And I'm going to give some vision next week about what that means. But I've asked a couple of people to share. And uh, I just love a couple of y'all to share. Peyton, you want to start us, man? And let's just, let's see what the Lord has for us. Before they start, let's pray. You want to pray? I'll, I'll pray for us. Come on, come on. Okay, um, Father, this is your place. We're your people, 
We ask that you would speak to us. And I pray any words that you're not saying will fall flat. And any words that sound flat but are from you would create like wildernesses and deserts. Bless our time, Lord. Speak, we're listening in Jesus' name. This 21-day prayer and fasting, and as Jay said, like open doors has been um, just like really prevalent. And um, I didn't plan this um, for that. But um, a couple days ago, um, we're sending like some messages. And I, I got this message from, or, or this uh, Bible verse. And it's um, Matthew 7, 7. And it says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you, then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And um, there was, like, this image of, like... Two doors, and there's, I feel like there's so many more doors than just two doors. There's, there's doors to everything, and I just thought about there's doors that we let people in through, and then there's doors that we also step into, and um, I, I got this vision of, like, God being like a neighbor, and when we go and ask and we knock at his door, he just lets us in, and it's like, like if we go to him, he opens the door for us. We have a request if we have a burden, if we have a trouble, like we just bring it to him and we knock on that door, he'll open it. He's such a good host and he, and he invites us in. Um, and those are like doors that we need to step through. And then I got, as I was sitting there thinking of it, and, and the day I thought of it, if you're following the 21 day prayers and fasting, it's Revelation 3, uh, verse 20. And I didn't know that. Um, and someone would like text it and I, I was thinking, it was in my shower. I get visions in my shower. Do y'all do that? Or driving. I don't know. It's weirdest places. Um, or I'll, uh, finish that argument that what I should have said in the shower, you know, sorry. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, it's so true. We're all the same, aren't we? Um, but I got this other vision of how, how Jesus actually approaches us, um, and our, and our, and our door. Um, and he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And um, I, I, don't, I don't know if anybody's here felt that, like, that tug, that, like, feeling in your pit of your stomach. It's, it's like this, I don't know, it's this knock that Jesus is just, like, calling us into. And he's like, please just let me in. And I, and I notice in my life what I've done is I've let Jesus out in the rain and in the snow, but he still just is like continually there. And on the flip side, whenever I go and make a request to him, he's always just so open. And so my invitation today is, is as you hear the word and um, as you listen, is if you feel that knock on the door, like come up, have Jay or somebody talk with you and like let's, let's discover what that looks like to open up and, and open the door for Jesus to come in. That's cool, man. Yeah. Everybody gonna think we planned that, Peyton. That was amazing, bro. That's awesome. <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's weird, man. I, I'm just gonna be honest, guys. Like, it gets weird. You think it's scripted? It's not. I don't know. I didn't know what you were gonna talk about. It's, it's weird, Lord. Thank you, Katrina. You wanna go? Come on, girl. God's funny. Yeah, he is. I just told Kelly, if Jay says something, then I'll say, I'll share. <laughs> so, um, usually, I've done the 21 days of prayer and fasting before, um, and usually I'm really good at the book work, but I suck at the fasting part. I get hangry, and Jesus says, this is not what this is about. Um, but this year, I did really, I did good on the fasting, so much that I sang today when it was over. <laughs> Um, but I didn't do good on the book work. I was good for nine days. 
And, but it just felt like I was checking a box. Um, and then we got snowed in. And when I would go and crave what I was fasting, that would be my reminder. And then I'd be like, yeah, but it's cold and I just want to crawl right back in bed because it's cold. I'll do that later. And I never did it. Um, fast forward, the, melt, the snow melts. I message uh, Kelly <laughs> singing, I see grass, it's green. Things have gone back to normal. My kid's in school. The house is here, quiet. Um, but the phone, I work from home, and my work was just crazy. People be getting my nerves bad. <laughs> and um, my Facebook messenger goes off, and it's Kelly. And she was like, oh, sending you a hug. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Um, I'll message her back in, in a bit. A little while later, my phone goes off, and it's a text message. And I see that it's from Kelly, but it's not from Kelly. It's from Charlie. And I got your mama's permission to throw you under the bus. So if you get mad, blame your mama. Um, and it was Charlie, and she just wanted to share a verse with me. And it was Psalms 23. <laughs> Thanks to Hollywood and funerals, the one verse in the Bible everybody knows about Psalms 23 is, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. And so I see this message from Charlie, and, and she sends it to me, and I'm like, oh, that is so sweet. And then my dark humor kicks in, and I'm like, am I dying, and nobody's told me? Um, and Jesse and I laugh about it later, and I message Kelly, and we're laughing about it. And she's like, no, think of the blessings. I'm like, okay. Days go by. And I went back to sit down and go through some of the verses from this past 21 days. And of course, day one was Psalms 23. Well, when it was asked of us to summarize, I can't summarize when I already understand it. So I thought. <laughs> um, I just, I can't put that in my own words. I mean, it's pretty good the way it is. Um, but then when I sat down and it, all of a sudden, it was just so different. Um, it was blessings on top of favors, on top of more blessings. It was just, when I was saved and I asked the Lord to be Lord of my life, um, and, I, and I truly fell in love with the word and with Jesus, I became anointed. Psalms 23 tells me I am so anointed that I can be sitting in the middle of a battlefield eating cucumber sandwiches like it's Saturday tea. Come on, preach it, girl. And I was like, oh, I will never see Psalms 23 the same. It doesn't remind me of that. Now I want a cucumber sandwich. Come on. <laughs> Come on. But that's, so while I was feeling a little bad about not keeping up with the, the verses every day, he still worked. And what he does is, is, you know, sometimes he comes in a whisper. Sometimes he comes in big neon signs. And it's, he gives us these little things throughout the week. And you're like, oh, oh. And then when you put them all together, like when we were in worship, I am enough. It all comes together and culminates in this moment of, oh, now I get it. Well, well. And, and so that's uh, what, I don't want to fast again anytime well, soon, but it's it was good. worth it. Thanks. For, for that, I'm Come on. Thank you, Trina. You're amazing. Thank you. One more from any, I think I text y'all, group of people. I'm like, Lord speaks to you. Go for it. You want to go? You want to go? You know, you can if you want. If you want to, go for it. You want to? Well, I had planned on not going, and then I felt a nudge, so okay. I, I'm going. This is Kelly from Katrina's yes. conversation, Hello. so welcome, Psalms Kelly, 23. to the conversation. Many people don't know um, that, Kelly. Yes. <laughs> Mercy and goodness will pursue you. Um, I um, had a sweet moment. I think it was maybe this week or last week, and it just totally fell in line with the song that Stu and his group led and then kind of what was shared. Um, and so I just felt like, okay, we're supposed to share this. And um, it was a memory that I had of my firstborn. Sorry, Emmeline. <laughs> um, but I had this, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit really prompted me because um, 
There was a time when Eloise was coming and I was like, I got to get this kid potty trained. Like I cannot have two diapers. I just am not equipped for that. So I was potty training. My mom was in town and she had success. And so I'm like leaning down and I'm looking at her and she kind of reaches her her hands on my face and she says, mommy, does this make you heart happy? Does this make you heart happy, mommy? Because she went and I was like, And my heart just felt pierced a little bit. And I was like, oh, you make my heart happy. It doesn't matter if you went potty in the potty. Who you are because you're mine. And kind of what Jay was sharing with his kids. You know, I think that's, that's how I act with the Lord all the time. I'm like, does this make you heart happy, daddy? Does this make you heart happy? And he's like, oh, you make me so happy. You, who you are. And so um, just having some time to reflect in First John 3, 1, it was just so beautiful to think about, like, he calls us his, his beloved. Like, isn't that so precious that it's like he looks at us and he's like, I love you so much. And it's that knocking at the door. It's not the mean knock. It's this tender, like, you make my, so, my heart so happy. Can I come in? Can I come in? And so I just wanted to share that with you. Maybe that's something that you need to say over your own spirit this week. Over and over again, I know I need to continually remind myself as like, oh, I make your heart happy. It doesn't matter if I'm doing this right or if I failed in this area. It doesn't change my standing. I make your heart happy because I'm yours. So. Thank you. Appreciate it. Come on. You bring us in, man. Finish this out. And then I'll just open up the word together. You. That's what we need. He's like, you, you know that, anybody with that trendy name, you know, when they're like calling out, like you score a touchdown and they're just like, boo, or like, boo, or like, it's you. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was asked to speak a little bit about small group has meant in mine and my wife's life. Um, and I've got a bunch of notes here, but God's been speaking to me back there, so we're going to go off the hip, okay? Um, we were a part of many, many small groups. Um, I'm currently a part of four life groups, and I jokingly say that that's because I need a lot of help. The truth is I'm a broken individual who does need a lot of help. And having people who love me into my life it's just, there's nothing like it. It's wonderful. Um, Robin and I will be married 41 years in March. And that, uh, praise God. I, I, um, it hadn't always been easy. Uh, about 30 years ago, we were on the rocks. And a group we were going uh, actually through a Bible study with came along, walked on, alongside of us, and, and really helped us out. Uh, Ten years ago, uh, a group of friends got with me and said, hey, we've got a friend who's going through cancer. He's really struggling. Can we get together and meet with him on a weekly basis? That started my first men's life group. That uh, God used that in the lives of us. We We were all friends. We've been going to church together for years, sometimes even decades. But we became a body of Christ during that time. And uh, it's just, uh, just so wonderful what happened in that time. Um, Romans chapter 12 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. You know, God uses, uh, has used me in the lives of others and has used others in the lives of me through life groups. And it's, it's just a wonderful experience. Most importantly, life groups allow us to study the word of God with the other believers, to digest it, and to learn from each other and therefore grow, grow closer to God. Um, I didn't realize this until I was doing a little research, but communal study of the word 
is given all through the Bible. As a matter of fact, the first time the Bible talks about studying the Word is in Genesis 24, and it talks about a communal study. And the next to the last time it talks about it is First Thessalonians. It talks about a communal study of God's Word. So it's biblical, and it really does make a difference in your life. Thank you. Thanks, man. <clears throat> you know, some, I guarantee you, in maybe a few years ago, I would have sat in a service like this and be like, trying to sell me on life group, getting me to do something I don't want to do, you know? Maybe I'm the only one. That's me, cynical me, up back in the back, probably just thinking, trying to get me to do. Unapologetically, yes. You know why? Because it's true. It's not untrue. I'm trying to manipulate you to get you to do something that's bad for your life. Honestly, it's like just true. You're going to walk through the word with other people. You're going to do life with other people. You're not going to be alone because the word like points us to this communal aspect of being the body of Christ. I'm a piece of it. I'm not the fruition of it. And in fact, like when I'm strong, you're strong, you're strong, I'm stronger. Like that's just Bible. And so we like invite each other into deep relationship to walk out this word growth and discovery. Guys, what you will experience, not just hearing the word, but practicing it together, will take leaps and bounds, will allow you to actually mature and grow. And it, it allows us an opportunity to actually put into practice the word, deep brotherly affection for one another, care for one another. So I'm thinking about this idea, guys, as we end our 21 days, I got this picture, this image about what it's like. I got this image of like everything in our lives is like this, uh, this like wall. In 21 days, a bunch of us, we looked at the pieces of our life and we, we named them, right? So you said like, oh, this is a big part of my life. I'm gonna like unstack that, look at it, analyze it, check it out. Oh, this is a big part of my life. I'm gonna check it out, name it, analyze it. And we get to this place where we like unpack everything. We've got it. Anybody organizers in the room? Anybody? Do you have to like spread it out before you like organize it? Or do you just, are you able to just look at it? For me, I have to like spread it out and I have to see it. And so it's like 21 days, it's like we've spread it out and we're like peering into like the foundation. I'm like looking at base level. If I was to start over today, I'm backing up. I love what Stu said. We're slowing down. Look at it. And I think Psalm 119 is just gonna be like a, staple for me this year. Psalm 119.55, he says, I reflect at night on who you are, O Lord. Therefore, I obey your instructions. This is how I spend my life. Obeying your commands. What? This is a life worthy of living. And in fact, here's what I'm discovering, and maybe you discovered it. As you sought the Lord, as you knocked, he answered. It was a sweeter time than it was when I was participating in all the stuff I was participating. Anybody can affirm it? Say yes. Come on now. All right, perfect. I used this as an example a couple weeks ago, and I might stay on it as well. But I want to peer in. I want to reflect on the main idea. And sometimes when we come to church, we can peer into what we call the main idea, but it's really like this self-help idea. And I really miss the mark because I focus on the commands of what I need to do versus the one behind the commands that then inspire the doing and the moving. If you focus on the commands, you won't have the life breath or like the power to actually move in the calling. I've got to peer in and reflect on who he is Therefore, I must move. I can't not move. The idea is when, when I take this like spoke out of here, it's this tiny little like pin. Any mountain bikers in the room? I'm gonna go back at it. There's a couple of y'all. Y'all are amazing. I'm not sure I'm a big mountain biker, but I wanna be. I'm a wannabe. But inside this thing is like this pin. The whole bike is held together by a pin. People of great faith. So I brought another thing to help us understand the pin. The pin is like a cylinder. This is a bigger cylinder. This cylinder has some certain characteristics. This cylinder, like if I move it, I can roll it and it's going to inevitably roll because of the shape. 
If I build outside or upon this cylinder, everything built upon this cylinder creates a larger cylinder, correct? Correct? Something that is possibly moving. But because this is a cylinder, it inevitably creates some kind of cylinder shape. Cylindrical. Thank you. Thank you. We got some lyricists in the room. Amazing. But as I thought about like my life being built upon this foundation, creating something that looks a lot like this. And if I peer in, guys, and I peer in, and I analyze right now, and before we step out of this 21 days, I'm still peering in at the naked foundation. One of my questions for us, guys, my question for myself and like the church is some of the things that we identified as maybe needing a break, fasted, should they actually be abstained? I just, I'm asking myself hard questions. Like, for instance, if your life is better now without those things, should we go back? And here's why I'm asking, and here's kind of part of the revelation for me, is because I'm going to be honest with you. I've never really fasted food like more than 24 hours. And I don't want my right hand to know what my left hand is doing, but this is the first time I've pressed in a little bit in a different way. Fasting our needs is, I've discovered, quite different than fasting a want. If you fasted something you wanted... And you decided, what I want, I need a break from. I pray that we press in deeply there to discover why we thought this might be a good idea not to have it. Could it be a conviction? Could it be an invitation into something different? Because maybe, perhaps, we already know that there's something better than what we're settling for. Personal questions. Can I step in a little bit further with us? Are y'all okay? We're okay or not? I'm talking to myself. Gently, gently. All right. Thanks, Jay. Come on down. All right. When I look at my stuff, and I'm going to restack, because some of us are like, today's binge day, baby. Right? Yeah, binge day. And we don't just build the wall back, boy. We don't build our life back. We like double stack it. And then we go start up and we're like, sweets, baby. I'm gaining 15. I know I lost 10, but I'm gaining five. You know, whatever it is, like <laughs> build the wall. No, 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 no. Before, leave that here. Now, our scripture to finish the 21 days with Psalm 84. Turn there with me if you want. And remember, these still lie available for organization. Psalm 84. I'm gonna read the first three verses. He just says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. Like my soul longs Yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. Has anybody experienced a satisfaction in the presence of God? There's a key in the Psalms actually tells us, enter the gates with thanksgiving, courts with praise. If you actually want to enter the presence, just step into all, all the right thing, and you'll find yourself right in the presence of God, and aware of the presence of God, I should say. Faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrows find a home and a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. 
I read past this passage and I was like, that's a strange picture. You talked about a sparrow building a nest at the altars of God. And I was like, tell me about it, Lord. What does that mean? Cross-reference the word altars. I found the first instance of instruction of building the altar in Exodus 20, verse 25 and 26. He says this, If you make me an altar of stone, you shall not build it of hewn stones, for if you wield your tool on it, you will profane it. You shall not go up by steps to my altar, that your nakedness be not exposed on it. Here's what I want us to see today. The altar of God is a tender place, is what the psalmist says. It wasn't about revealing man's nakedness or exalting his efforts. It was about a reflection of who God really was. And even at your altars, Father, the little sparrow who can't even protect or guard itself finds a safe home at your altar, the place where you are recognized. In the instruction for God, building altars for the people. He says, I know some of y'all are amazing artists, but what I want you to do is if you touch that and try to improve the stones, you will draw away from the magnitude of what this is really about. This is about my greatness. And in fact, here's what I don't want either. I don't want you to even build stairs up because people will be able to see underneath your garments and your nakedness. We don't even want to worry about that. This isn't a place for you to be exposed, it's a place for me to be recognized and to cover you. How tender is God? I don't know if I saw God like that much in my life. He's not tender and kind. He's ready to doom this place, you know what I mean? And me. Set it out of balance a little bit. And I just want us to see the heart revealed when God says, here's how to build the altar. And then the psalmist says, this is a place where sparrows can build their nests. Do you, do you find satisfaction at the place of worship today? The psalmist continues and he says uh, in verse 10 and 12, he says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. I literally just mean like provider and protector. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed, listen, is the one who trusts in you. And I'm going to pause here for a second because I go to a prayer time at Miss Debbie's house. And I'm studying Psalm 84. And in our prayer time, these people start reading the passage. Jay, you were there. And when y'all read this passage, I go back and I'm studying these words. And I'm like, my mind starts to get blown. Because when we're, when we're reading, you, Miss Debbie, read First uh, Peter 2, and I'm about to get to 1 Peter 2, but before I do, I'm studying this word in Psalm 84 that the commentators like struggle to actually like articulate. But it, when it says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God, literally the, the noun form of that word is like the threshold stone in the socket of a door. Some commentators believe like this person's like, I'd rather be like laying down in the threshold of a door as people like walk over me to get in. But it's hard to describe because it's like he said a noun, but made it a verb. So I don't know. But when I read that passage, something like clicked for me. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. And then I'm in prayer time and she reads this passage and she reads 1 Peter 2 and she starts in verse four and, it, and says, as you come to him, 
a living stone rejected by men in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Guys, I need help like explaining the depths of what I believe the Lord is like showing me in this. If the altars of God could have no marking of a human hand, Peter is saying we all, like living stones, are being built up through Jesus the Christ. That means there's no effort in ourselves to become the building that God desires to build. He's going to do it with his hands. Here's what blew my mind, though, when I thought about the one who was saying these things. What was his name? Peter? Do you remember a, a moment in Matthew chapter 16 where Jesus looks at his disciples and he's like, who do y'all think I am? Everybody's like looking around like, man, some, some people say uh, they're Elijah. Some people say like you're Moses. And then Peter speaks up. He's like, you're the son of the living God. And then what does Jesus say? I'll tell you the truth. Man didn't reveal this to you. My father in heaven told you this. Your name is Peter. And he calls it like Simon Barjona. This is your given name. Peter. Meaning rock. Upon this rock I will build my church. When Peter hears this, I'm going to move into a little bit of conjecture now. Because I believe Peter for a moment right there, he was like, I'm the blessed one. Because he literally says, Peter, you are blessed. And I believe, maybe, just maybe, he read Psalm 84 and he said, uh, blessed is the one who trusts in you, right? That's what he says, the last part I read. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. And he's like, I'm the blessed one. This whole thing is about to land upon me and I'm strong enough and a good found, it's me, I'm the rock. And my king, yeah, sure, but like I'm gonna hold the weight of this kingdom. I'm a big deal. Peter, we know the story. Just a few verses later, Peter, because his kingdom's very important and he's a big deal, when Jesus starts talking something that he doesn't approve of, he goes to him and he says, hey, listen, you're not gonna die. This is a big deal now. We talked about this. Like, I'm not gonna let this thing be shaken because like, I'm gonna hold it up, right? Jesus looks at him and he says, I'll tell you the truth, get behind me, Satan. You concern yourself with the things of men, not of God. I think at that point, the rock might be shaken a little bit. He's like, what, is, what does this mean? Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Peter denies Jesus finds himself in a place he never thought he would be. After he denies him, he runs away, weeping bitterly. And I think it's in this moment, he no longer believes that he's a rock. And in fact, I think he's got questions about if God really is who he said he was, if Jesus really is what he thought he was. And Jesus meets him in the lowest point of his life, in the place where he doesn't feel like a strong rock. He feels like weak mud, you know? And he goes to him, and I wish I knew, I say this every time, like I wish I knew what was said to Peter. But Jesus meets Peter, the rock. And I think when Peter writes this, because he later says this, As you come to him, verse 4, 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus, verse 9 and 11. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from passions 
the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Sorry, I skipped six and eight. For it stands in scripture. Here it is. Sorry, sorry. Six and eight. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Peter thought he was the rock, and when he made the mistake, he felt deep shame because his trust was in himself. And when he wasn't enough to hold it all together, all he had was shame and anger for himself and sadness and disappointment, shame. So the honor is for you who believe, he says, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. Listen what he is saying. He said, there is laid a foundation and a cornerstone and he names the cornerstone. He came to the point where he realized, I'm not the cornerstone. In fact, I'm being built upon the cornerstone, being Christ Jesus. And he is building for himself this temple. And if all of us are in Christ, and he's taking each one of our lives, and he's building for himself a house, not made with human hands, made with his. Now, our responsibility in our lives Yes, he's building the house and he's gifted you and said, hey, steward the life I give you. Now, guys, as we look into our lives, as we look into this reality, I am not the foundation stone for my life. Jesus is. And if you don't have Jesus as the foundation, I I just want to tell you what's about to happen. Your life will get shaky when it gets difficult. And when things fail, all you will have is your own shame because everything rides upon you. If in fact you have come to Christ, then guys, as we peer in and we look at him and what he has done, because here's the reality. Jesus laid down his life and became the cornerstone. But the cornerstone, I believe, is also like the threshold stone. In order to get in the holiest of holy places, I must walk across the stone that laid down his life so that we could have life and enter in the door. And unless we walk upon the person of Jesus, we have no possibility of entering the most holy and holy places. He became that one the psalmist talks about. It says, I would rather be the threshold stone or the person that lays down and lets people walk upon him to get in the holiest, holy places. Jesus said, I accomplished that word. I became the one who laid down his life for you to enter in the most holy and holy places. I'm the cornerstone. I'm the threshold stone. I'm the door. I'm all of it. He's all of it. And as we enter in today, as we enter in every moment of our life, my, my plea, my invitation, my, my call to our church is to peer in. Look at that reality. When we pick up the pieces to start 2024, is this worthy to put upon the body of Jesus and build my life upon him who laid down his life? And as I enter in, yep, this is a good piece to add and build. Is this a worthy piece? I'm looking at all the pieces of my life and guys, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I just don't wanna, I don't wanna do this over again next year. Like, I don't wanna do the same ones. You know what I mean? Like, I just wanna, I just wanna grow. I wanna the same ones. And I've done the fasting for three years now and I feel like, I'm just gonna be straight up honest. I feel like it's like a replay and I grew a little bit, but like, I did the same things. And I'm kinda this year, I'm like, I actually don't wanna go back. Lord, if the door's wide open, I'm taking it. I'm not staying where I am. I'm going to speak for myself. I'm going. And I, guys, like as I enter in my time with him, I'm like entering in the holy place, you know? And I'm not strutting. 
Because I like recognize right now, like everything's laid bare in my life and I recognize the one who's laid down his life. And the only way I can enter in is because I ain't strong enough unless he lays down his life. And I, I am aware that unless he lays down his life, I have no business entering in. And I enter in walking over the one because I have no other choice. And as I enter in today, guys, and I just want to invite our church I, I can't go back and I don't, I just want to like straight up, like I just don't want to settle for less than what he's called us to do. It's just me. And I'm looking at all the pieces and I'm like, do they fit? Like, like if, let's say, I just don't need as much sugar in my life. Should you stack it back? I don't need as much social media in my life because, you know, my family's super important and all I do is scroll for hours on the, guys, should we go back? No shame, but like, Gosh, man, I'm just thinking about that word. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possessions, that you may proclaim the excellencies who've called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You yourselves are like living stones, verse five, being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, like set apart for a purpose, to like steward the presence of God to this place so that the life that I live is like a reflection of literally the holiness of God. And when people peer in and they look at me, like do they see also like that the building like took the foundation and it took the shape of what was actually built upon. Like it's strong. If you lay a foundation and you build something upon a foundation that doesn't match, the building is weak. So like if my life begins to like be built upon the foundation being Christ and it takes the same shape and it starts looking like Jesus and guess what? Like the main point is it moves like him. Then when people peer into me, they don't just see me, they see the royal priesthood, the holy nation, the one set apart by him because it's, it's like a reflection of him. I'm looking at 2024, guys, like, I want, I want that. And I believe we have a responsibility in that to steward and live out what Stu said, you're enough. In Christ, he gave you himself. That's reality. Now, what does it look like to live the reality? You're holy. You're set apart. You've got purpose. Would you receive that today? And would you, I pray, maybe just have a time of prayer, but like, Lord, would you give us wisdom to restack what you want to stack? Because as some of these stones got my fingerprints on them, I'm an artist, guys. Some of them, I, I've made some good stones. But I'm even questioning, like, when you look at me, you're like, Jesus or Jay. I don't know what it looks like, guys, to even respond, but like, I'm asking myself hard questions. I just, can we have just a time of prayer? And um, I wanna invite a time to move in prayer because like sometimes to stay where we are, like there's like a, a representation of being like, no, today is like a move. 
And I'm not gonna like stay seated. I'm actually gonna move because I'm not going to stay in the same position. I'm gonna change position. And I wanna just open up like the floor. I don't care where it is. But if today you're like, I actually wanna begin to believe that I'm a holy, set apart, called. And Lord, whatever you wanna do with me is all right with me. I let go of everything I'm trying to hold on to and I'm coming after you. The end of song, or Matthew 16, when Jesus is talking to his disciples after Peter does what he does, he tells them, he says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. If you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. If you are looking for life, come to Jesus and he will accept you. The door is wide open. Enter the holiest of holy places. And as you do, understand who you walk upon that helped you get in. If you're reflecting on life and what needs to be added, taken away, I want us to peer in to the one who is the foundation cornerstone and say, Lord, is it worthy to stack this back upon you? Does it help others see you? Or Father, do you need to reshape this piece of my life to fit better? I'm moving today. Let's have a time of prayer. Father, uh, now I, I ask, give us the grace to move. Lord, whatever you wanna do, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just move among us. They bring to remembrance things that need to be brought to remembrance, comfort, places that need comfort. And Lord, I just pray that this would be a time where you build your church, that you would build lives, restore lives, heal lives, Lord. This is your heart. You don't wanna rebuild to tear down. You wanna actually rebuild to help. You don't wanna hurt. So Father, build. Do anything you wanna do in this room. And we're gonna move by faith, trusting you. In Jesus' name. As the Lord leads, if you need to move in any direction, I don't care, make a move in some direction. Move in the front, move to the floor, move if God's called you to move. Let's make his moves.